Hey y'all, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at iamcannabisativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at iamcannabisativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at iccativapod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing and you find yourself coming around often, please become a Patreon supporter of this podcast and support us. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to HTTPS anchor.fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I see sativa podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. Hello, brothers and sisters from around the flat earth. Um, Mrs. Sativa here. Um, joining you as always from Legal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Um, so I saw this, um, story about, um, about our sisters and brothers in Mexico. And as we know, they're, they're on the verge of, of making adult use cannabis legal for all people. All, all adults, that is, obviously. And, um, they, they were, they were going to, they had the, um, deadline by their Supreme Court to have it legal, um, I think it was by October, and then they, they, they missed that deadline and asked for an extension, which the, um, Mexican Supreme Court granted them. So, so they have until April now to get, to make marijuana legal, because, um, the Mexican Supreme Court had ruled favorably on marijuana five times. And when that happens, it's up to the lawmakers to come up with a law to, to validate those, um, five, um, positive rulings. You know, a president has been set. So they have to, they have to make laws that go in accordance to those five that, 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 wraps together those five positive rulings. Um, but, um, they're going to have until April to do that. But I, I came across this very informative article from cannabis now. And, um, as I've been talking about, and as I always talk about on this podcast, big marijuana is, is taken over and it's especially prevalent on the East coast besides, um, places like Maine. Um, they make the, the, in, in, in all these Eastern states, they make the barriers of entries and they make the the red tape so thick that you have to be a big marijuana firm to be able to set up shop and do business and then they don't and then in a lot of these east coast states you don't have very good caregiver laws so the caregivers could only really help one patient as opposed to many like like Maine or you know Colorado or Oregon or Cali or whatever 
where you know the care where where caregiver where the caregiver laws have a bit more teeth, but you don't really have that in the East Coast. So you have all these big marijuana firms that you know that 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 make all the their marijuana in these giant grow rooms and these giant warehouses, and they have all this warehouse space to make this corporate cannabis, and it just sucks all the love out of it. You know, I I. I I make it, I mean, I've, I've often said that I have a main caregiver that I, I get my cannabis from and, and it, it, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's awesome when you get your can, when you know your grower and you get your cannabis from someone you love, you, you like and you trust. Um, I'm, I'm able to see like, like she, like I'm able, like she puts pictures of, of what, um, what she's growing and, um, you know, what strains are, are in the pipeline. So I, I know that what I'm, what, what's, what I'm putting in my body is, is made with tender love and care. And it's not, it's going to, it's going to, you know, a, a small business woman that, that does a good job as opposed to some big faceless million dollar corporate, multi million dollar corporation. And I, I, I want the same for Mexico. I want them to have an, an adult use system where it's not just the it's not just the former cartels or it's not just multi-million dollar oligarchs in Mexico making all the cash off legalization but I want average Janes and average Joes to make money off it too so it's imperative we help our brothers and sisters in in Mexico and um let's let's talk about let's talk about this article let's read this article um it's from a website called Cannabis Now Carpet versus Campesino I don't know if I'm saying that right. Cannabis on the eve of legalization in Mexico. There is a discomforting sense that Mexico is perpetually on the eve of cannabis legalization as a country's Congress wins a six-month extension from the Supreme Court to pass a law freeing the herb. The foreign capital is already eyeing Mexico's emergent legal cannabis sector, even amid a terrifying escalation in the bloody cartel wars. Bill Weinberg. Mexico is poised to become the third country in the world to legalize cannabis. Again, we're going to form when, when you, when, when April comes around and you guys do this, like we're all going, like North, we're going to have the, the, Mexico will be the third part of the triforce of the three North American countries with legal cannabis of the three major North American powers three major powers in North America that have legal cannabis. It'll be the final sh- shard of the Triforce. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for this and I can't, I can't wait till they get over the hump, but let's, let's continue. <laughs> All right. Um, but foreign capitals are already eyeing Mexico's emergent cannabis sector, even amid escalating, even mean, even amid a tower, terrifying escalation in the bloody cartel wars. Mexico is poised to become the third country in the world to legalize cannabis after Uruguay and Canada. With a population of nearly 130 million, it will represent the biggest market of the three by far. Mexico also has an ideal climate for cannabis cultivation and centuries-long tradition of it. Inevitably, international investors are waiting eagerly for legalization to finally take effect. It's a grim irony, however, that amid preparations for legalization, the criminal narco economy continues to spawn nightmarish violence, with recent bloody episodes starting to look like 
an eventual war. The security forces outgunned by the cartels. Crafting a legalization model that can effectively tackle this reality will be a challenge. Congress gets a six-month extension. In October 2018, the same month that legalization took effect in Canada, Mexico's Supreme Court issued a binding decision that cannabis prohibition is unconstitutional on individual liberties ground and ordered the country's Congress to amend the law. The ruling imposed a 90-day timeline for Congress to act, but it passed without action. This August, the Supreme Court reset the, the clock, imposing a new 90-day deadline which was symbolically to run out October 31st, one-year anniversary of the High Court's historic decision. Mexican lawmakers in September at last introduced a legalization bill, but they are deadlocked on the details just days ahead of the October 31st deadline. The Mexican Senate appealed the Supreme Court to reset the clock again. Julio Mancacha probably butchering that, head of the Senate Health Commission appealed for a small extension, quote, to get the law right. Man, this reminds me of, like, the, this reminds me of, like, the, 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 the stuff we go through in the States. Like, you know, I mean, we're, we're more, I mean, regardless of race and ethnicity, we're more similar than different. And it's, it seems like we run into the similar problems no matter what country we're in, you know? This, this is the stuff that, that, that politicians in my state of Grassachusetts have done. When we, le- when we voted to legalize in 2016, we had a lame duck Congress, uh, like, because retail sales were supposed to initially begin in, um, they were supposed to begin January 1st, 2018, but then they kicked it back six months to get it right, quote unquote. You know, like it's just it just seems like the same stuff happens where you have lawmakers who think that cannabis is a deadhead drug and it's for it's for college students and losers. You have them being like, "Oh, we have to delay it. We oh, we have to regulate this like plutonium. Oh, we have to delay things to get it right. We have to hem and haw to get things right and to make sure you know the sky doesn't fall when we make this legal, which the sky never inevitably falls." Like, 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 unlike what they believe will happen, but they like to make it seem that that's what's going to go down when that's what never goes down. But it's, it, it sucks, but it's just, it's just so funny hearing that, that, oh, we have to, we have, to, we need a small, quote, small extension to get the law right. Well, they, they did that stuff here in Massachusetts. You know, they delayed it six months. And then the time came and gone. July, July 1st, 2018 came. They weren't anywhere near ready for, for, for legal stores. And those legal stores didn't open until November 2018. So, so they were a full. Okay. So November is the 11th month. They were a full 10 months late, a full 10 months late for them to still not get it right. We only have 30 stores right now. You know, and, um, right now we have one of the, we have one store 
because because the, they've botched the they botched legalization didn't open up enough stores now because you don't have enough stores and you have lots of people crowding those few stores you're having you're having neighborhoods where those few stores are being like oh you know we need to do something about about crowding and parking and you know people pe- you know people you know peeing outside property near the dispensary or whatever because they were waiting in line or something like that or, or whatever. Well, that was a problem of of, can- of the Cannabis Control Board in Grassetrius' own creating because if they had just opened up enough stores to meet demand, you wouldn't you wouldn't have people crowding the few stores that exist and then you wouldn't have all these people, you know, an- annoying the residents of that area. But because rollout has been so slow and there haven't been enough shops, that's what you have happen. But it's just funny to hear that language. Oh, we have to delay things again to get it right, and then they still don't get it right. And I'm, I'm sure by I'm sure April runs around, comes around. They're they're going to they might who knows they might delay it again or they might come up with or what they do come up with still sucks. And all that time that they spent delaying to get it right. They still get it wrong. Like that's uh, like I'm, I'm just it's just it's just funny. I just find it funny that you hear the same stuff internationally from politicians that speak a different language. It's just it's funny. It's, uh, it's, it's all I'll say about that. It turns out not to be small. This time, the Supreme Court granted a six-month extension. Lawmakers will now have until April 30th to legalize. Mexico News Daily reports. The Mexican Cannabis Institute, a new government agency to oversee the legal market, is now expected to be operational by January 1st, 2021. And there is much contention as to what that market would look like. Ricardo Monreal, leader of the ruling center-left Morena party in the Senate, said upon extension that the legislative process will proceed with caution because we want to do things well. Again, the same stuff we hear in, in, in legal states when lawmakers and, 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 law, and legislators want to delay things. Same stuff, same stuff we hear in the states, man. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Mario Delgado, the Morena party leader of the lower house in the chamber of deputies is calling for the creation of a state owned company to control sales of a closely regulated market. But there are more free market voices, including within the ruling party. Morena's Senate Senator Julio Man- Mancacha predicted in October, before the deadline was extended and the passage of the law this year became unlikely, that legal cannabis would generate up to 18 billion pesos, 938 million U.S. dollars, dang son, in tax revenue in 2020. It's a lot of money. Will corporate cannabis usurp the campesinos? With such money, big money foreseen, foreign capital is circling in on Mexico. Leaders have even broached importing cannabis from Canada, which is certainly a very strange irony, given that Mexico has long been a world leader in illicit market exports, mostly to North American markets. Vancouver's Aura Cannabis, one of Canada's biggest licensed producers, is particularly interested in the Mexican market, according to the investing website. 
tip ranks, Aura has gained ground or gained a foothold in Mexico through its 2018 acquisition of Famacitas Magistrales SA, the only Mexican company that is licensed to import cannabis with more than 1% THC. Mexico passed a medical marijuana law in 2017, but it is still limited to CBD products. However, the draft legislation before the Mexican Senate gives priority to local people, particularly low-income people, small farmers, and indigenous people. A draft version of the bill released by the Senate Health Commission on October 18th seems to be a compromise between the more more populous and more free market approaches. It imposes a 20% limit on foreign investment in cannabis enterprises. It also seeks to limit vertical integration by barring multiple types of licenses being issued to the same individual or to family members. One wonders how effective such measures will be, given the long-time Mexican business pra- practice of Prestano Prestano Braze, name 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 loan brokers, and there is opposition from those eager for looser industry atmosphere. Financial news site Aristegui or Aristegui cites Eric Ponce of Mexico Instituto del Cannabis ICANN opposing such measures as a bottleneck to growth. Another proposed populist measure stipulates that the first five years of legalization, at least 20% of cultivation licenses will be reserved for campesinos, small independent farmers, or hijos agrarian cooperatives in municipalities where authorities have eradicated illegal marijuana fields. Mexico City's Cultura Collectiva website reported in July a re- that a reporter from the business site America 2.0 asked President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador at a press conference if the government's new Campesino aid and sustainable forestry program Sembrano Vida would be open to cannabis producers. The the president replied that he would discuss the matter with the program's directors. Cartel war still escalating. As Congress mulls such populist measures aimed at weaning rural communities long captive to the cartels off of the illicit economy, narco violence has hideously has been hideously escalating across Mexico. The country's most powerful drug lord, the notorious Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, was found guilty of trafficking money and laundering by a federal jury in New York in February and sentenced to life in prison in July. Hedging their bets, prosecutors managed to add 30 years to the life term for use of, of, of firearms in the commissions of a, of a crime, BBC News noted. But on October 17th, Mexican security forces tried to arrest his son, Ovido Guzman Lopez, now a top leader in Chapo's Sinaloa cartel. It sparked a raging gun battle with extremely heavily armed fighters, according to multiple news reports. 
a mixed detachment of army troops and the new, excuse me, and the new National Guard force tracked the younger Guzman down Sicilian or Sicilian capital of the Sinaloa state. I'm probably butchering that. Apologies to our Mexican brothers and sisters. But as soon as he was taken into custody, the troops were surrounded by cartel gunmen riding in trucks mounted with big machine guns and even what appeared to be improvised armored vehicles known in Mexico as narco-tanks. In a bitter humiliation for the government, Ovido was turned over to his comrades. The decision was taken to retreat without Guzman trying to avoid more violence in the area and preserve the lives of our personnel and recover calm in the city. Mexico Security Secretary Alfonso Durazo said, according to the Guardian. Two days before that, 14 state police officers were killed in El Agui, Aguay, Michoacan, when their convoy was surrounded by pickup trucks with heavily armed men, BBC News reported. The Jalisco New Generation Cartel was blamed for the attack. On September 26, an ambush of army patrol on an opium poppy eradication mission left three soldiers dead in the village of Blasmar in South Guerrero State. Mexico News Daily reports that the community violence and anti-narco vigilante force that has emerged in Guerrero is prepare to go to war against the Cartel del Sur, which is believed to have been behind the attack. In mid-September, yet another of the narco-fosas mass graves where the cartel enforcers dumped the bodies of their victims was uncovered in a well outside of Guadalajara. Authorities investigated when residents complained about the smell. At least 44 bodies were found, cut up into pieces, and hidden in 119 black bags, according to BBC News. It made stateside headlines when three women and six children belonging to the family of U.S. citizens from a rogue Mormon sect with communities in northern Mexico were slain when their vehicles were ambushed on the road near the border of Sonora and Chihuahua states. Security Secretary Durazo said they might have been mistaken by cartel enforcers for members of a rival gang. A local affiliate of the Sinaloa cartel known as Los Salazar, or I think I'm saying that right, is fighting for control of the area in La Lina, a gang linked to the Juarez cartel, according to the Mexico News Daily. Multiple suspects in the attack have been arrested. AFP reports, although little other information was made available. And the militarization of cannabis enforcement continues. On November 14th, a force of army troops and Guerrero State Police confiscated an unspecified large quantity of marijuana along with weapons in the traffic start in Coyila Village, Patatlan Municipality, Sol de, de Acapulco reports. An army patrol sees a ton of cannabis in Enceda 
Baja, California, as it was put on a small boat for export across the border. Notisa Ya reported on October 23rd. In July, an army detachment decommissioned burned a ton of cannabis in Ixtan del Rio, Navarrete State, according to Acoustic Noticas. Cannabis legalization has posed a solution to the narco crisis in Mexico, but utopian expectations that all make the cartel simply evaporate may be setting up the entire effort for recriminalization from prohibition nostalgists when that fails to happen. If the legalization is not effectively crafted to the benefit of campesino communities now captive to the cartels, such a failure is all the more likely. End of article. I mean, I don't really have much more to add other than um, I really hope that um, that in in the next few months in April that they come that they don't kick the can down the road again. Um, Mexican brothers and sisters, you have the most leverage now, so I would I would push for everything you want in the adult use program. You know, I'd push for robust home grow rights. I'd push for craft cannabis. I'd push for you know, expungement of, of, of cannabis records and, you know, making it, making it so craft cannabis and small cannabis firms have a shot and, you know, getting restitution to indigenous people that are more likely to be thrown in jail for cannabis, you know, um, stuff like that are, are some of the many things that you, you guys can go and push for. But, um, you have the most leverage right from now between April. So I would really write to your, to your senators, your lawmakers, the president, you know, your local officials and try to, to make as good of a program and as ideal of a program as you can get. And, um, let, let your lawmakers know what you want to see in an ideal adult use program. And hopefully you might get it. Um, I, I don't think I have too much more to add other than that. And, um, as always, peace out and ciao and have a good one. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are a few ways that you can do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for housing and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I see Sativa podcasts. You can also support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. If you are feeling extra generous, we have $5 and above tiers. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave me a voice message on Anchor. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Canvas Sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and I may just play it on a future episode. You can also call and leave a voice message at the phone number 617-466-9389. That is 617-466-9389 and I may just play it on a future episode. If you are in need of some good CBD products, you can also check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp products. You can check them out by checking out this link, um, www.bit.ly 
slash 33FKRV9. And you can try the following coupon codes. Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, and 15% sign off CBD. And you can use those codes to get a discount on various CBD products on their website. And if you're looking to get inexpensive CBD flour delivered to your door quickly and cheaply in New England, check out bostonhempire.com where you can get frequent sales on CBD flour and other products such as tinctures and edibles as well too. Boston Hempire will get you cheap CBD flour delivered to your door in New England and the rest of the United States for a very, very good price. And I highly recommend their products too. Feel free to enter the URL HTTPS colon slash slash shop dot Boston dot com slash question mark REF equals D Scotland. Peace out and ciao.